podcast Woo! hotly anticipated episode four wow because it's been well hotly anticipated by us because it's been two weeks two since weeks. we've done one <laughs> life just got in the way eh Karen? absolutely we, we, we've been ready to do it we were ready i was raring to go <laughs> it's just life just work <laughs> working men so episode four what's it about you tell me well We've got two treats for you tonight. It is if tonight for us. Maybe well, it's maybe it's night maybe night, it's the yeah. morning for you guys. I don't know. Maybe it's who knows. Or afternoon in this cyberspace. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Mm. Get that technology off the f- off the table. That was my phone. Let me put it on silent. <laughs> so, guys, tonight we have for you Joan of Arc. Do you know anything about Joan of Arc? You're going to learn things about Joan of Arc tonight, and. Sorry to spoil the uh, party. Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Why is that spoiling the party, though? I don't know. Or you might find out. Oh, right. All right. Well, I've I've got Joan of Arc, which is... This is the first time I'm really having to have, have no base knowledge of anybody. And do you know what's really funny? What? At the absolute opposite part of the spectrum to that, I am quite a Thatcher enthusiast. I don't want to use the word Thatcher right. Right. <laughs> Maybe I was three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I know Thatcher, and you don't know Joan. Well, there you go, then. You're you're taking the lead. You're taking the lead on this one. No. Go for it all. So, get, should we start? Get on your soapbox. Yes. Are we there? No. I like the theme of starting with the historic one, didn't I? Yeah, that's what you wanted to do, yeah. So, do you want to start? I'll start, go yeah. Go with my theme. So, Joan of Arc, she lived, she died. <laughs> <laughs> she did something. Thanks for listening to the uh, comparison <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's your no. wins. If you don't know, um, Joan of Arc, she was a French revolutionary. She interesting was born in 1412, so it's the 15th century. So it's a long time ago. There's a, a big di- difference between these people. A big difference. Is this gap going to be too big? big? Well, let's see. I mean, we did we did Da Vinci in episode one, and he was fourteen hundred as well, wasn't he? Fourteen hundred? No, he was four hundred years ago. Yeah, no, I think. No, yeah, no, yeah. This I is the furthest one back we've done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so Joan of Arc. She was born to a peasant family, which seems to be a theme with a lot of people we do. It, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, maybe they were just all peasants. No, but I think it's it's a common theme between these icons that we're going through is that. Normally, these people like go on to great things. I think every single one of them up to now, Da Vinci. Yeah, I don't know about Musk. Nah, Musk, no. I mean, the nah, Musk came from a bit of the privilege. historical ones. A lot, but of you know, Lennon, uh, yeah. Da Vinci, uh, Joan. Yeah, they're all peasant. Peasants. Peasanty. Peasanty. So she was. She was born to a peasant family. There's a lot of what born during the Hundred Years' War between, oh. between England and France. Cool. Which went on for... Um, I always get this one second. Is it? Ah, what? it's a trick question, isn't it? No, it's it's not, I don't know it's a trick question. 120, I was, 138 years. I, was, I don't know. I was making a joke. Actually, was I was trying to be a joke as well, but I then <laughs> genuinely had a go. Is it 138 years? I don't know. Is it more than 100 years? How long did the Hundred Years' Law... Thir- 1337 to 1453. So that is... 
120 years, isn't it? Mm. That was Later. good. Yeah. That was, you know. So she was born during the Hundred Years' War to a peasant family. She she packed a lot into her life. She packed a lot. Did she not? She kept thinking she was having visions from saints. So Saint Michael apparently appeared to her in you know around. 1925, uh, 14 to 1925. <laughs> <laughs> 1925? Was she hanging around with old fucking Charlie Chaplin? 1425, 1425. Um, a figure she identified as Saint Michael, surrounded by angels and appeared to her in the garden, telling her that she was the one prophesied. She was the virgin prophesied. Here we go, egomaniac. Well, yeah. Boo, I mean, boo, boo, alarm, alarm bells. I want to get into this later with you because there's a lot I've read about her. I think, is she, I mean, obviously with your, uh, back, uh, your career background. <laughs> obviously there, your career being an absolute egomaniac. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a lot of delusions there, surely. Okay. But it is those delusions. Cause <laughs> talking we were, about me or her? No, no I'm talking about, <laughs> d- uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm talking myself into a hole. So she thought she saw St. <laughs> <Saint> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted she wanted the saint to take her with her apparently okay but she, there was a prophecy in France that there was a virgin that would lead the French to glory against the English mm. and she was supposedly that virgin so she was a devout Roman Catholic okay <clears throat> she had lots of bits and bobs going on in her life um, she was once accused of failing to marry someone after a promise which got thrown out of court because she was never intimate with the person so in what are we talking about 15th century france yeah that yeah. could be deemed a crime well apparently yeah if you don't imagine if, if we was living by them standards today <laughs> if you don't go through with a promise uh, yeah, uh, i promise you did you did say you was going to marry me yeah. i did i'm going to take you to court if you don't uh, <laughs> You know, after those few beers that we said we was going to go to that party. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible way to start a relationship. It's, going to be, it's probably going to be a bit toxic from that point. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> you did promise. I will take you to court, darling. So she was having all these visions. And in 1428, so she was 16 years old at this point. I've sort of skimmed over her early life because there's not a great deal. Like yeah. She was just a peasant. She had a few visions and stuff. But to be honest, there's not much of her life even around. documented. Well, there's quite. Yeah, who's documenting some fourteen, some fifteenth-century uh, peasant girl? Well, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, it's you probably not nothing there to be researched, is there? She's one of the most researched people because of, she had two trials when she, uh, during the end of her life, which we're going to obviously get onto later. Mm-hmm. She's one of the most uh, well-known people from that time period because she had two trials in court, loads of documents, loads of witnesses. Wow. But her early life is is basically war laden. It's peasantry. It's, really? it's refugee states moving around, having these visions. Um, she said she'd had these visions. So in 1428, she was 16 years old. And she actually went to see Charles, who was the would-be king of France at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, he was apparently the, the, the legitimate king, but he'd not been crowned. Because right. of the ongoing war. Okay. And they had to go... It's all a bit strange, and it's, again, with all this sort of um, uh, coronation stuff, it's got to be done in the right manner. So they're trying to get to a place, and I forget the name, oh, there he goes, uh, Reims, 
I think that's how you pronounce Reams, it. Reams, yeah. R-E-I-M-S. Okay. And basically, if the king wasn't coronated there, he wasn't legitimate. Okay. For whatever reason. It yeah, was, it get was it. just the way it was. So basically, they're trying to get Charles there. Mm-hmm. Charles had a private meeting with Joan. So he's 16, she's 16 years old at the time. He wasn't much older. He was 24, 25, 26, that sort of age range, which is... And is she secured this meeting just by saying, look, I've had these visions? No, she, she went through a bit of a process of, of, of going and seeing certain guards and, and working up the military ranks, basically trying to convince them that she's... 16 years old, she's doing this? Well, it started even younger than that, sort of 13 years old. She's, she's trying to convince these military person Wait, I mean I'm trying to work out like how this happens like is she seen as some sort of mystic at this time like it's like that people are just listening to I don't really understand yeah I mean this is it's a different time this is where I like to explore this yeah looking at the past versus the future yeah now if a 13 year old mm. boy or girl whatever it is came to you now and said I'm seeing these things yeah I want to lead the French army against the English <laughs> 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 You'd be a bit, uh, okay, I mean, even at 16. Do you think there's an element of like, well, no one else knows what they're fucking doing, but she seems to have an (laughs) idea at least. (laughs) At least she's got a bit of drive about her. Well, I think it was this whole prophecy of um, there's going to be this virgin who is going to lead France to glory. Um, Ah, yeah. And again, it's... it's She's the chosen one. She's the the one. This is the thing, yeah. The Neo. There's, there's, there's loads and loads and loads of detail, obviously, about how it all happened and what went on. I'm not going to go into it now because it's quite <coughs> long and there's a lot of names that I don't know. Mm. But generally speaking, she's worked her way up. Remember, this is not a history podcast. Yeah, this yeah. is the comparison podcast. Yeah, we're looking at a specific figure. <laughs> well, we're never completely wrong and we're never completely right. <laughs> we just talk shite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that That's got to be the logo, That should it? be the tagline. Yeah. Slogan. Yeah, slogan, that's the word. That is done. So she's worked her way up from sort of 13-ish, um, speaking to different people, saying she had these visions. Obviously, there's, there's this whole belief system in play here with the authority figures that they believe in this prophecy of this virgin is going to restore France to its glory. Mm. And she is said virgin, so she's kind of worked her way up. And anyway, eventually, she had this meeting with Charles, who would, spoiler alert, would go on to be the king private meeting and she's convinced him at that point that she's she's the real deal she's the real deal so she's she's 16 years old I mean because they've all had these ideas I'm I'm sorry I'm not taking over your thing but yeah Yeah. I can can you imagine that you've got this prophecy this idea Mm. and then it's there it's it's happening right before our eyes here she is oh there's I mean there's probably somebody who's done this before who's done a, a deep dive into this kind of mentality of Maybe he was just so desperate. He's looking and what's the word? Um, projecting. Mm-hmm. He's projecting on a certain person. Absolutely. She's got. I mean, we'll get into it in a bit later. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't wrong. So she looks sort of sixteen years old now. A bit of a turning point. She met met Charles and convinced him that she's the real deal. Let's hear a little bit about Thatcher now, because I've talked for a good few minutes. Okay. So Margaret Thatcher. Well, we know is Maggie Thatcher. Maggie, the Iron Lady, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa, getting ahead of yourself. I'm like, oh, let me, it's my turn now. <laughs> Maggie Thatcher, a very defi- de- divisive figure. Um, what I find funny about her is that you can mention her name and people will say the most awful things that only she can bring this sort of, this, 
I don't know, this visceral hate from. Like most, you know, yeah. people, if you bring Margaret Thatcher's name up in certain parts of the country, it's literally okay to be like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. What, no, like, which I find crazy. Some, for some reason, it's okay to say horrible things about her. I mean, obviously, um, we're located pretty close to Yorkshire. I think she's pretty hated there, isn't she? She's hidden a lot of parts of the country. <laughs> Very divisive. Um, and, yep, I uh, don't know if you know, guys, anyone listening, This we are in Lincolnshire, and she was born in our great county of Lincolnshire. Um, one of, actually, two people that was probably famous from this county. Um, Margaret, and I think two of the greatest Britons ever. Okay. Well, two of the most famous, Thatcher and Newton. Yes, yes. Both from Lincolnshire. Yeah. Hasn't, done ever, hasn't done much since. <laughs> I don't know. We had someone at X Factory a few years ago, didn't Did we? Yeah. Oh, uh, that girl. Oh, yeah, it was that girl. She, 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 yeah, she's quite famous. She's from Lincoln, isn't she? And then there's, there's one from Lincoln. She's from Lincolnshire. There's one from uh, Scunthorpe as well. Was there? Mm. Didn't yeah. know that. Anyway. Anyway. She was born to a green gro- uh, to a greengrocer. Um, she lived in a in a shop, basically. Um, the first major woman to lead a Western democracy. She rooted out socialism, fully embraced free market economics. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the free market model is... It works. <laughs> but it works to a certain degree. I mean, we, we've touched on this in other podcasts. It's, it works to a point, and I think we're actually getting towards the point where it's not working anymore, but that's, that's a whole other thing. It's getting it? a bit messy now, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Can you have too much of a good thing? Well, I don't know. I'll have a couple more beers and we'll find out. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. <laughs> so, I just want to say, I've, I've read a couple of books on her. And um, from what I've read, um, Margaret Thatcher, what makes it different to everybody else, is she has this inability to, to ever say she's wrong. She knows what her convictions are and she sticks by them 100%. And if, she seemed to come to this decision in her life, like, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep saying it. And if anyone disagrees with me, that's absolutely fine. You can disagree with me. But yeah. I'm going to keep thinking this. You're allowed to disagree with me. And I'll stay in office until I'm worthy of staying in office. And this is probably the famous phrase, the lady is not for turning. Yes, 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 of course. And yeah, she, lived, that, yeah. she lived by that life, like that, like that motion. And I do admire it. She, she, she knew what she believed and she was sticking by it. Yeah. Potentially there is errors in that kind of way, but she thought, I think she maybe had the foresight to believe, think to herself, well, if people don't believe in what I'm doing, then they can always vote me out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but only after a certain period. You yeah. Still, you still, this is what I, I kind of find a bit funny about democracy in, in, in air quotes, is it's really any true democracy because... They're kind of a dictator for four years, <laughs> you know, because they've been voted in. Obviously, they need time to do whatever they got to do, but you kind of stuck with them. Regardless, well, I mean, they will obviously move if they're voted out. But I'm saying that we had to lose trust. Well, you say that, but are they a dictator? Because most decisions. So when a prime minister comes to the British Parliament, yeah, most major decisions they will normally take it to a vote. Yeah. In Parliament, yeah. you'll normally bring the um, the the, the uh, other parties in. Um, you know, I think Cameron did it on the Syrian war when it was, should we take military action? The Parliament voted against it. But then at other times, this, this is the thing. This is how the Constitution is very clear in Britain: is 
I think Tony Blair just decided, no, we're going to a war with Iraq. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It depends on that prime minister. So the prime minister can act in a dictatorial way if he wants to, or yeah. she. Yeah. Um, but potentially a better prime minister does open up the open up to votes. Yeah, but then that's when you get the whole thing of having the whip, don't you? So yeah. They can, the, the prime minister, or it be Blair or a conservative or whoever, says, oh, this is what I want to do. And the whip says, you're going to do it. Well, that's what I find very strange, isn't it? Like, if going, you go you against the whip, you're sacked. Yeah, how bizarre is that? Yeah, that's yeah. quite uh, dictatorish, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but, well, there's, there's but then no, you've got to question there's no yourself. British cons- constitution, though. Not, no, there isn't. No. Um, so the, the, but you've got to question yourself. So if I'm a member of parliament, yeah, and I disagree with what my party is saying, yeah, on a major vote, yeah, should I be a member of that party? If I'm if I'm going for, if I'm going against what their what their what their attitude is on a yeah absolutely of course you should well if you're if you if you oppose your the the principles of your party on a certain vote and you maybe believe something else then you're not aligned to that party and then maybe you shouldn't be a part of that party no no I I'd, I would completely disagree with that I mean you look at the likes of HS2 right so you've got this this high speed network rail whatever it's bloody going to be. So yeah, HS2 mm-hmm. is obviously going, or supposed to be going, stop now, <clears throat> right through the country, London to Manchester. Now you've got obviously MPs along that route there. So one MP in London might think, this is bloody great, I can get to Manchester 15 minutes quicker than I usually can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas you're going to have a rural MP, a bit further up, mm-hmm. who would say, well, I, I don't want this, this is ridiculous. A lot of my constituents don't even go to London. Why would they care about getting there 15 minutes quicker? Yeah. So when it goes to a vote, you've got... They, they might be aligned on the core principles of the party, mm-hmm. but on the specific issue, what they're voting on, that they're completely polar opposite. An MP in rural England will not feel the same as an MP in, in London. Okay, I get your point. But it cannot work like that. You have to... Have, because of what, if, if it didn't work like that, party politics would fall to pieces. And any party that did have a whip, as we say, yeah. would always win the, the votes, wouldn't they? If we had a party that was just completely disorganised and wasn't voting all in the same direction, yeah. well, party the, politics would collapse. Or all it would take is for one party to say, when we vote, we all vote in the same principle. Yeah, well, that, that's what the whip is, isn't it? it? It's is, saying, yeah. Yeah. regardless of yeah. what you think, do that. Well, that that's why they, call, they what, call them rebels. They literally say rebels. Yeah. They're going against the whip. And they get sacked quite frequently. And I think what this whole debate, what we're talking about is some of the issues with democracy. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it all all stems from, isn't it? We're talking about some of the problems, and this is one of the problems. I think your first point was, how much of it is a dictatorship? Yeah. yeah. What is true democracy? It's it's really strange, isn't it? And the thing is, we could go even further, like, you know, how do people vote? It's about the information that gets out. Who controls the information that gets out? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, this is the thing, and I can't. There's, a, there's another podcast. Is democracy an illusion? Is actually, it an illusion? Actually, I told you to listen to. It. I won't mention it here because of maybe copyright issues. But is that one I told you to listen to? Where they used to be, um, they used to be crisis people in the monarchy and the Sun newspaper, I think it was. And he was saying, yeah, there's a massive board up in Downing Street. Mm-hmm that literally has all the bad news that they're going to drop and they plan when they're going to do it and they put like a good news one next to it. Yeah. They're like, well, let's do that one and we'll be sat at the same time. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, it's the, the, the media and and politics is so interwoven. It's incredible. For example, I don't want to get too deep or anything like that, but like 
it, everything that's going off of Israel and Palestine at the moment, should I say, yeah. or should I say Hamas? Um, have I? Have you seen uh, Rishi Sunak say anything yet? Um, it's always no. the, it's always the foreign secretary saying, and I think that's a political decision that they don't want to have to Rishi Sunak, the leader, to get involved because they don't want to displease people of the you know of Hamas uh, yeah, leanings yeah. or left leanings, and, and I think that's all political. The Prime Minister of Britain, I, I actually, I could be completely wrong, but I haven't seen him mention one word I'm, on the news about it. And I'm, I think that's political. We'll keep the Prime Minister out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't... Foreign do this, Minister will do it, yeah. The foreign Minister, it, yeah, you can take the slack if it goes wrong. I mean, that's it's pretty it, standard stuff, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's all pretty standard, <laughs> isn't it? Well, Maybe continue we, we, with Thatcher. Let's get back on, to the river. Gone. We've gone down the stream. <laughs> Let's get back to the river. Did we you know, enjoy that stream? We know at least one listener likes the streams. So we do. We oh, oh, I wish we had a name. We could give him a shout out. We'll give him a shout out at the end. We'll do. We'll do the um, the review shout out at the end. We've only got one to do. <laughs> <laughs> and thank. Well, someone's listening. Yeah, exactly. Well, I might not be listening to this one, but he listened to one. I probably turned off after the first two minutes. <laughs> uh, fucking Thatcher and the you showing uh, up. Yeah, I mean, this is a bit. We're going to try and bring our old, whole light-hearted approach to it but this is a bit more heavy than it's going to be than it? over ones for sure it's going to be because we just said that we were discussing the, in the previous ones it's we've discussed comedians musicians yeah, it's yeah. going to be a bit we're talking about one of the most divisive figures in political british history yeah. um so it's going to get a bit heavy at times so we do apologize we'll try to take you on a stream take yeah. you we'll bring we'll bring our usual comedic tone to it <laughs> i just want to say one thing here um, so I've read, uh, I can't remember if it was, a, it wasn't Margaret Thatcher's autobiography. It was a biography about her. Yeah. And in the front of the book was one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I still think about it to this day. And I always, I think it's one of the best bits of advice about, I'm not sure if I said this on a previous podcast. I, I think, know. I think it might've been in the little after hours we did, okay. which I didn't actually release onto audio platforms yet. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it now. It was only on YouTube. Listen to this, guys. It doesn't matter which way the wind blows. It's which way the sails are set that determines where this ship goes. I might not even go any further than that. I'll just let you ponder about that. Just let it sit there. Let that sit there. Listen to it back. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> anyway, I'm done with Margaret Thatcher now. I've done a little overview. I said what she was, what she's been... What she's doing, what she's doing. Let's go back to June. Let's go back to June. So, we, where we left her off, she was uh, she'd convinced Charles to let her uh, let her kick on and let her sort stuff out. So she's she's dressing. She, I mean, this is very sort of twentieth twenty first century. She was dressing as a as a man, which would spoil her later, get into trouble later, which is quite surprising. Cause a bit like Mulan. Yeah, I suppose a bit like Mulan, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deep cut. I like that. That's a deep cut. I fucking love Mulan. I ain't seen that for a long time. Oh, mate, the song. Let's get down to business. Dark side of the moon. Dark side. Can of I the sing moon. it? Can I sing it now? Yeah, go for it. If you if you know it, guys. Sing Let's along. get down to business <laughs> to defeat the Huns. I'll make a man out of you. There you Do-do-do-do. go. <laughs> I think it was sung by Jackie Chan. No, it wasn't sung by Jackie Chan. What was it? I don't know. So, yeah, she got... <laughs> was it sung by Jackie Chan? <laughs> Jackie Chan's got something to do with it. I'm sure he has. I don't oh, think it was sung by know. Jackie Chan. We're going to have to do a Disney episode. A Walt, Di- Walt oh, Disney versus somebody else. Yeah, man. Who would that be? Anyway, that, that's or, 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 compare two Disney movies. 
yeah, battle of the do. two movies. Yeah, you could because they've got a lot of classic movies as well, like classic, classic movies, and then a lot of the newer stuff. Uh, That's not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that. So she's convinced uh, Charles to let her crack on. She's about 17 at this point. <coughs> so it's taken her obviously a bit of time to get into the the um, court or whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. So then she goes to the siege of Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> I think that's a bit French. Anyone Orleans. who's French out there, how how good yeah. was his uh, pronoun- pronunciation? Yeah. I always say pronunciation. Je suis orange. Oh. Mm. <laughs> that's all I can remember from French lessons at school. <laughs> so that's O-R-L-E-A-N. I remember speaking to a French girl at university and she said, I always said to her that, you know, in English, in England, it's like sexy, the French accent. And she was like, yes, your English accent is sexy in us. I was like, what? <laughs> Shut, blew, blew my brain. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? It's the equivalent. Do you know what I mean? They, they think our accent sexy. I Lots suppose it would be, yeah. All the French people out there listening thinking, what the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> so she's gone to the, as part of the relief army to the siege of Orleans. Orleans. And she's she's broken it. She's sorted it out. What? She's got past the English. So she she's led the relief army. How old is she? Seventeen at this point. Seventeen year old girl. Seventeen. No offense, women. No, no. I mean she's seven, seventeen year old girl. Seventeen year old anyone. Exactly. Has gone forward and she's broken a siege. Yeah. So she's wow. obviously she's very political at this point in terms of she's so devout to the fact that England shouldn't be ruling France they shouldn't be in this whole battle so that's what the Hundred Years War was brought very very is it Britain? it's in Britain invading like northern France isn't it yeah it's just basically Taking saying this is this is England you know crazy um, crazy yeah. idea yeah you know, it is yeah I really mean, it, it was they, don't even, they don't even speak English they don't even look English <laughs> <laughs> can't just pr- put your English flag they, on it they pronounce orange orange <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, that's what it was. So she's she's relieving of that, and they've marched on, they've gone forward, and they've actually managed to um, crown Charles. So she was a big part of that because she was able to. So she took back get, the place that Charles needed to be to get crowned. No, so uh, Orle- Orleans, Orleans, whatever it is, it was on the was on the way to Reims. Uh-huh. So she's she's done Orleans, and she's gone through. The Lure, Lure campaign, as she had another victory at Patai. I mean, these names are completely bashed. <laughs> I'm so wrong on the pronunciation. You're butchering but, French history, aren't you? Yeah, oh, massively. <laughs> but basically, she's one after the other. She's smashed her way through, and they've got they've managed to get to Reims unopposed. And he was crowned King of France with Joan at his side. What? That's crazy, man. So at 17, 18 sort of years old. She's taken on the English with the, basically to say this is the king. What's she doing? What is she doing at this point? Is she just providing inspiration and galvanization to, 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 to bring them the support and energy? And they're like, yes, actually, we believe what this lady is saying. Is that what she's doing? Yeah. Is that her input? Well, yeah, she's she's a bit of a figurehead. Not, figurehead, yeah. Not, not, yeah, I suppose a figurehead. No, I understand and, that. And, and a focal point a is... A focal point. Because before all the energies were probably bit uh dilute that's what we're doing uh, but this woman's come forward and she's like this is where we're going this is what we're doing well yeah she's it, she's the prophesized virgin coming through to unity yeah 
That's nothing more powerful than that when there's unity. Nah, I mean, people get, all get together and come this, together for a common cause. This is what anything war, can be done. This is what war is about with, with the the men. That's why fascism so beautiful. Oh, sorry, what well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, joking. It, it really is. No. I mean, one of my favorite. This is a stream. This is a stream. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite TV shows is uh, Blackadder, and Blackadder goes forth. Yeah, when they're it's World War One, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they're they run it through, and the stuff there about getting the morale of the boys up, and, and you can really tell. And they, I think they capture it really well, where Edmund Blackadder just really does not want to go over the top. Yeah. <laughs> And it's sort of galvanizing that all up, and it's um, what's Hugh Laurie's character called? What I is think, he called? I his name. I'm not a big Blackadder expert. Um, I forget his name. Is he got? Is he got like a funny name, like Love or something? Like um, no, that's um, Tim McKinney's character. He's called Darling, oh, which okay. is some of the some, <laughs> some of the best comedic writing. It's like, uh, come here, Darling. <laughs> it's to me, sir. And he's and uh, Stephen Fry does a speech, and he's like. Um, Darling, I want to hold you. He's like, I'm so sorry. So, like, what are you talking about, darling? Because <laughs> he's like practicing a speech. So funny. Anyway, can I just say one thing about Blackadder? I, when I watched it, I was crying with laughter. Yeah. His character, uh, Rick Mail's character in it. Oh Flash. yeah, Lord Flashheart. Flash. Yeah. Oh, kidding, no. uh, I was pissing myself. So good. He's so good. <laughs> 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 this perfect guy. Oh, he's brilliant. hilarious. Well, I think that captures it quite well in war. In, obviously, that's World War One. It's not the um, Hundred Years' War. But Did you the, ever watch the first series of Blackadder? Mm, yeah, I think I've watched it once or twice. Bit but yeah, it's, it's a, a bit bit strange how they released that first series and then they completely changed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not for me. I prefer it with the later ones for sure. This doesn't. It completely goes against the other ones. Yeah, he's like stupid sorry. in it or something. Blackadder, yeah, while, while he becomes a smart character. Sorry. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Anyway. That's a stream. Let's go back to the river. So, he's he's been crowned. Charles is now the king of France. So, Joan's had a pretty good run up to here. She's won a few battles. Well, the army's won a few battles. She's gone on. It all goes a bit downhill for her. Spoiler alert. Does it now? Yes. She has some unsuccessful sieges. So, she's... Um, she's... The Siege of France. Siege of France. I thought Joan of Arc was like some sort of mystical, like maybe like myth before, before I even knew, but she's actually a bona fide. Yeah, so she's a patron patron saint. She's a patron saint, which is almost, you imagine, a mystical figure, but because she's a historical figure. She was real, but she's just so mythicist. Mythicized, I can't say. <laughs> Mythicized. Yeah. That she's, yeah, she's, she is a saint. She's a patriot saint. Um, but she was so devout to the Roman Catholic Church, and this is what's coming later on. But she had an unsuccessful siege in Paris, and another one in November of the siege of. Oh God, <laughs> why am I doing this? The siege of. I can say Paris. I tell you what, he's picked a great. <laughs> We've got him, we've got him a great person of history to <laughs> to divulge into no now. More foreign languages, please. Right, the siege of. He's absolutely loving Joan of Arc, isn't he? La La Charite, La Charite. I sounded like Borat. La Charite, La Charite in November. Um, so then her stock in the court actually started going down because, which is kind of mind-boggling. It shows how fickle these sort of things are. Yeah. Which has gone from leading and getting the king crowned 
to having a couple of failed sieges and all of a sudden everyone's going, you ain't, you ain't this virgin we were waiting for anymore. I mean, yeah. maybe she wasn't anymore. That's maybe that's yeah. what probably was. <laughs> I bet she but, got some good. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's starting to d- downturn, which... Fickle. Well, she's still extremely young at this point. She's still 18. I fucking got the crown. I got the it, king it, crown, for yeah. fuck's sake. <laughs> Literally, a few months back, you bastards. What more do you want from me? <laughs> so, yeah, she's she's starting a downturn at this point, which I think is a good place to swap back to Thatcher. Yeah, so Margaret Thatcher. She was raised in an apartment above a shop with uh, by a family called the Roberts family. She did well at school. She earned a place at Oxford to study chemistry. But not after not too long, she turned to politics. And it was conservative politics that she turned to as it was in the family. Her dad was a councillor and political discussions were commonplace around the dinner table when she was growing up and stuff. Yeah, I can imagine so. If you've got a dad into it, it's going to be growing on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, sitting around the table, your dad's... I I, I don't know about you. I, I mean, you sort of idolise idolize your parents a little bit, don't you? Like, um, I know, yeah, I, course, I, yeah. I, I growing up, I was thought my dad's music taste was absolutely fantastic. I still do, actually. Um, <laughs> but, like, I sometimes wonder... The fact that I, my, I love Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd... Um, classic British rock bands, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I think though, what if you know how much of our our personality and character just comes from what we grew up around? Because yeah. you know, I think that because my dad thought it was cool. Yeah, I mean that that's a whole nature versus nurture argument, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let me just finish about Margaret Thatcher. We're gonna. I was, I was getting that. down a stream there, down Pink Floyd. <laughs> we could go on, we could go on a Pink Floyd stream for ages. We, we quickly you, turn back from the stream. You like Floyd, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do like Pink Floyd. Yeah. You had I was the Dark actually, Side of the Moon album, didn't you? Uh, no, I had the on, wall. Um, I had the wall. Oh, was it the wall? Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the, the great. I quite like a full album and a conceptual album. Absolutely, I think that's absolutely so, wonderful about Pink Floyd. But to sit down to and listen to a Pink Floyd album yeah. is an experience. Do you know they did a gig in Pompeii? Yeah, I, I was in Pompeii a couple of months back, and I, I never even knew about it. And I started walking. Was it Echoes? Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was. But they, they've the, got a big um, exhibition underneath yeah. one of the coliseums, and yeah. it's like walking through. But it was, it was a long, long time ago they did the gig there. It's yeah. crazy. Um, anyway, back on the river. Oh mate, I could I could just swim down that stream for a long time. So I'm <laughs> going to get back onto the river. Um, so in 1946, she was elected president of the Conservative Club of the of Oxford University. So that's. I mean, that's massive, isn't it? Like, she's at Oxford University. Yeah. She's come from quite humble beginnings, really. Yeah, yeah. From a greengrocer's in Grantham. Mm. I think it's a greengrocer. She lived in a shop anyway. In yeah. Grantham, do you know what I mean? And just through her academic abilities, she'd got to uh, Oxford. And, and while she was there, she became elected the president of the Conservative uh, Club. In her mid-twenties, she ran for MP um, in the 1950s election. And um, she got national publicity for it um, as being the youngest candidate at the time. I'm not sure what her age was there. So she's mid-20s, she said, didn't you? I think she might have been in her mid-20s, yeah. Maybe even a bit younger. But um, yeah, and she's going for MP. So it's set from the start, isn't it? She wanted it from the get-go. She wanted it from the get-go. You know know what gets me now? What gets me? God, there's so many streams already. 
what gets me now is you have career politicians, which I, I kind of disagree with. Can you describe a career politician to me? So it's someone who, from an early age, and I'm not saying it's about Thatcher, I think maybe from what you said, she she was genuinely interested in politics. I think she's the real deal. She wanted yeah. to change. But you, you generally get these people now who go... Well, there's a course, isn't there, at Oxford Cambridge? There's a course. Oh, okay, um, I see what you're saying. Is it? Oh, what is the course called? I can't remember, but I it's basically they go in and and they learn on this course how to be a politician, and that's that's their. It's bollocks, isn't it? It's, so, it's, I know what you're that's saying. Their career path to it's get like, the pension. It's like that's it's what like they do. It's like me going to a job. It's like going to a job. Do you go going to a job that you go in there to get the paycheck, and that is it. Yeah. And there's no actual. If you're if you're a, 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 a representative of your constituency that are representing hundreds of thousand people in the House of Parliament that are relying on you to put forward their points of view in our democracy, then it should be in the bottom of your heart. Yeah. But I don't know what you're saying. So a career politician is not that. No. They've gone to poli- they've gone to university, they've got the A stars and they're just doing it and, and they're taking they, up picking up the paycheck. Yeah, they just do this course good thing. I'll be a politician, I'll get sacked, I'll get a pension. Easy as that. Fucking which I, I, I don't really like. I mean, I hate the, it. There's a few that aren't like that now, which is fine, but you can see it quite a long way down the line. It's getting really towards. Surely that. they should be getting found out very fast. Well, the no, because they're, they're, they're pretty is, good at this job. Is, this is a difficult thing. So, if, say, say in our constituency, yeah, we knew, we knew the guy that we wanted, the party that we wanted to vote for, but the guy was or lady was a career politician yeah what do you do do you vote for the party that against them because because you don't want to vote for the career politician but then you're voting against your beliefs yeah it's difficult isn't it so you it's sort very, of just got to do it it's like, very difficult yeah. I mean as well I kind of disagree with the fact that all these people I mean someone someone I was talking to someone the other day and they sort of brought this up to me which was a really good idea actually is these people that are ministers of certain things that have zero experience in that thing mm. health minister health minister for example yeah you go shouldn't this be someone with working knowledge of the nhs yeah or schools minister shouldn't this be someone who with has working knowledge of how schools run what schools are expecting but no they just stick any tom dick Harry in the it's job it's a very funny game politics isn't it because sometimes you know when they just try to form a new government these people get these the same sort of strong figureheads get tossed around sort of ministerial ministerial positions. Yeah, and it's like well, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't, you know, you know like, like you just said there, like someone who's right at the top of the game should they not be have twenty years experience in that domain? You you would expect so, but no. Back to the river, Kieran. Let's go back to Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> she enjoyed campaigning and met her husband Dennis Thatcher. And they had twins in 1953. It's funny that they've got the same surname. <laughs> <laughs> and she took his name. It was the Roberts family, wasn't it? What's that? Her name before, I think it was Roberts. Oh, okay. No, I, I, was, I, was just, I was just joking. I was just joshing with you. You were joking on yeah. the Comparison podcast? Yeah, I know, right? Check me this out. This is a very serious podcast where we talk about Joan of Arc and Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Right. In 1959, she won her first seat in Finchley. Did I say 39. 1959. 1959. And she occupied the seat for 30 years. I mean, that's mental, isn't it? So basically the whole time that she was in government. Yeah. Um, she was always on that seat. 
Absolutely. And in 1960, she made her maiden speech, and the next day she made her first TV interview. Wow. So She's straight into it. With Margaret Thatcher, she's in Parliament now. She's got global, uh, uh, recognition throughout the yeah. country. Yeah. She had recognition before, didn't she? Like I said, from being the youngest candidate in a parliament uh, to, to go go for parliament. She, she's really gone on and she's kicked on. Yeah, so she's now she's she's making a bit of a name for herself. Like I said, she's yeah, she's this young, strong female who's yeah. going forth. Absolutely, kicking Do, on. Absolutely, 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 exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we get there's a lot more we know about Thatcher than we do about Joan of Arc, but let's kick back to her for a little bit. Old Joanie. Old Joan, old Joan. I mean, in turn, <laughs> we keep talking about Thatcher being so young with this, and she's, she's really kicking up. Joan of Arc actually died when she was 19. So she, everything Pardon? I'm talking about, yeah, everything I'm talking about now, she achieved within 19 years of, of being on this planet. <laughs> right, just one sec. How 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 long are we into the podcast right now? Uh, we are forty minutes into the podcast. Can we make any comparisons between <laughs> Margaret Thatcher and Joan of Arc? Well, yeah, Thatcher thinks she did loads by a good age. Okay, but it turns out Joan of Arc pissed it all by the time she was nineteen. So fucking <laughs> done, mate. <laughs> so Thatcher thinks she's kicking on, but Joan of Arc's a real killer. Thatcher's just getting started. But, yeah. but, but but Joan of Arc's like, she's I mean, done it, it. Yeah, we'll probably get into it, and this is maybe where we've mismatched it a little bit, but for for those who are first-time listeners, we kind of play it by ear. We have no real set schedule. But she's, Joan of Arc's had a lot of influence here on military leaders, political leaders at the time, a lot of influence on the king. She's the chosen one as such. Mm-hmm. So she's she's got massive influence, which is quite strange for a woman in the fifteenth century to have. Let's face it, any influence. So I think as if we're trying to make a little comparison at the beginning here is well, not the beginning. We're like halfway through, but well, we can make we the, can we, the, can, we can, they've we both got massive influence on on male figures. For we sure. can we can definitely compare and um, connect that they're both trailblazers for women. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, but ahead of the times, Margaret Thatcher, I think, is absolutely incredible in the fact that we often deem the female part of our society to be weaker, don't we? Yeah. That's, that's a stereotype, and it's completely wrong. With Margaret Thatcher, I think, there's a famous. Like, she's like she was like the only politician around that time with balls. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. You want I mean, it, it, You watch some of her speeches. She was so com, so strong and conviction. Do you know what I love about Margaret Thatcher? What's that? <laughs> Is that I think politicians these days they don't fucking say anything. No, no. They don't say anything. No, they know. So what they do? They try to find. Floppy. They try to find the, the middle ground, and they say yeah. nothing. Margaret Thatcher was the complete opposite, and this was only thirty years ago. Yeah. yeah. She said exactly what she thought. And I think this is why we're going backwards politically, is that we used to have politicians who would say what they think. Yeah. And if 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 the society disagreed with them, they would take it that they'd get the boot. But yeah. now we've got these career politicians who do not want to lose their jobs. And what no, they'll no. do, they'll say nothing. And they'll stand in the middle and they'll say all this P 
PC crap that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they're flip flopping because they want to keep taking that decent pay, wait, uh, paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah, and this is why nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting said. No, they're absolutely they're flip flopping all over the place. That's why I kind of admire Donald Trump a little bit in this in this in the interview because he actually says things and he's con- he's got convictions. I can see I can see similarities. Yeah. And it's oh, like, yes. it's like, and Donald Trump's philosophy, a bit like Margaret Thatcher's. Well, this is a strange comparison, but okay. they, they both I'm go. Listening. They both, they both, they both say, they both say what they think. Yeah, and they say it with full heartedly. Yeah, and again, again, Margaret Thatcher, Donald Trump, very divisive figures ah, because yeah. they say Definitely. what they think and they will take the consequences. But ninety-five percent of politicians these days do not say jack shit. They no. just take the they take the paycheck at the end. And they don't want to say jack shit because they don't want to lose a seat. (laughs) Very true. So, Joan of Arc. (laughs) (laughs) Now, she's gone on. She's losing a lot of faith now. Um, Sorry, people are losing a lot of faith in her because she's lost a couple of these sieges and stuff. And basically, no one's pretty happy with her at this point. Really? But again, she's only 18 years old. I mean, what do these guys expect? (laughs) She's led the French Revolution... Uh, not the French Revolution. She's sorry. got a lot on her shoulders, hasn't she? She's led the French during the Hundred Years' War. She's got Charles coronated in Reims as he should be. Yeah. But they're just, no. What, we want some more. Very fickle in these times, aren't they? So rolls around 1430. She gets captured. Oh. And again, I'm going to butcher this. But I don't know why. I'm <laughs> again, it's again. Burgundians, 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 which were French allies of the English. So they were French people. But they were on the English side. They were on the English side, were yeah. These, were these guys? Well, I mean, it's it's with any war with you these get. These turncoats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with all this sort of thing, you get sympathisers, don't you? So they were just French allies of the English. I mean, there's a whole other thing about the Hundred Years' War that I haven't read, but there's something about it. There'll be some reason these guys are, are with the English. I was going to say, are they Protestants? But no, it's before that, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, massively before it's bef- that. Yeah. Massively before that. So she's got... Um, so she's been captured in ni- uh, 14... Th- I keep saying 19. I'm just so used to saying 19. For, it's because I normally do the modern people. Going back to 1400s, though, it's quite deep, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's quite far back. So 1430, she gets captured. She's 18 at this point. And then they are... Basically putting her on trial straight away. They ain't fucking about. They know what she's. Well, what uh, she's about. I mean, let's say one thing for him. At least they've got like sort of a justice system. Yeah, I mean, going back, going back six hundred years ago. Yeah, you know, they're not just like going right. Let's get. get I'll like, tell you what. You know. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it hanging there because there's a really nice little detail that I didn't expect to happen in the 1400s, which did. Okay. I'm a little little trailer there. Ooh. So. Stick she's around. Been, she's been captured. She's going to get put on trial. And I'll tell you what she gets put on trial for. She gets put on... Blah, blah, blah. She gets put on trial for blaspheming by wearing men's clothes, which is quite a strange... I thought blasphemy was against... Speaking against God. God. Yeah. yeah. But it's by for wearing men's clothes, which I guess is somewhere in the Bible. Women shouldn't wear men's clothes. I don't know. Um, wow, there's a lot of blasphemy going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was one charge. The other charge was acting upon visions that were demonic, even though it was uh, saints that were supposedly visiting her. 
but they were demonic apparently. And refusing to submit her weird... Were you weird? Oh, my God. I'm, I just respect the fact that they've got a justice system and they're not like, off with her head. Oh, yes. Well, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> re- refusing to submit... Well, just ruined it. <laughs> refusing to submit her words and deeds to the judgment of the church. So, basically, she was saying... I don't answer. I don't answer to the church or to the court. I answer, I answer to God, and I'm. I am this chosen person. Right. So she wouldn't submit. She's saying she is Jesus. I don't think she was saying she was Jesus. I think she was just saying like, no church or justice system is going to trial me because I am the Above. chosen one. I am. Yeah. I don't think she thought she was the savior of France. The virgin, prophesied virgin, say France. I don't think she thought she was Jesus. I thought she was just. I think she thought she was something along those lines, yeah. further down the line, to say France. Like, she was a biblical sort of. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I am biblical, maybe. Which I mean, <laughs> if she goes, if she goes down, and we look at now, she she is. Um, well, yeah, she is a patron she saint. Hold so. that mystique. Absolutely. So I'm going to leave it where she's just been captured for the trial. So tell me more about Mrs. T. Right, I want you to do something. What's that? Can you get up some pictures of Maggie Thatcher in her thirties? Maggie Thatcher in her thirties, not yeah, in her thirties. Margaret, I wish you told me this before. <laughs> Is this going to excite me? I don't know. I could be complete. 30s. I don't know what you're going to say to this. Margaret Thatcher in her thirties. Images of Margaret Thatcher in her thirties. Okay, yeah, she's waving. She's waving. Got a few up. Around Google Images. Man. Yeah, okay, yeah. Look at her. Look at me. Yeah, okay. Do you think there's a slight similarity? Or no. is it just... Did you no. say no? Just no. no. I don't think there's a slight similarity at all. I Nothing. Think, I think it's bang on. Are you actually <laughs> serious? Exactly I guess, oh, right, so I was right. <laughs> it's not slight, no. It is. Do you think you can see Margaret Thatcher's <laughs> face in my face? Yeah. Exactly what I thought. I'm going to start calling you Mrs. T. <laughs> this is mental, right? So what I'm saying is, so I just thought when I was like doing my research and stuff like that, and I thought, is there, a, is there a similarity? I think there's a bloody similarity. I think she looks yeah. a bit like me. Yeah, yeah. And, what I'm, and this is the craziest thing to anyone listening to the podcast is we're both from Lincolnshire. So I think I, I have a common, a common ancestor. I reckon, I swear to God, if you go back, like, yeah, maybe, like yeah. there might be some common ancestry there. I don't know. Well, you know, if you yeah. get if you get famous through the podcast, you might be able to go on who do you think you are, and they'll uh, find out. I don't know. Probably, maybe, yeah, maybe. And then we'll um, go down and find out. Well, who can you see it? To. Can you see what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I a, think it's it's the uh, it's the nose that does it. The nose, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I just went looked at like, you know, and and then you know all the people in the world. There's got to be some common ancestry there, I think. Yeah. Um, because not, yeah, I mean Grantham's not far away. It's, it's what? It's an hour away. It's isn't an it? hour away. I don't know. Go back for several generations. Maybe we had. Maybe we had <laughs> common ancestors. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up since we're on the one of the icons of history. Brought. Maybe I've got a common common lineage. I don't know. Who knows? So under Edward Heath's premiership. She was appointed Secretary of State for Education. So she's not Prime Minister at this point. Yeah. Um, yep. And then, oh, okay. This is where I believe she because <laughs> where she made necessary cuts. She was very. She was a hard woman. She made the cuts, and she took the money away that gave three milk to the children. 
Oh, okay. That was her, was it? That was her. Do you right. know what, what she's called? You know the phrase? No. Thatcher the Milk Snatcher. <laughs> never heard that. He's never heard that. I've not heard that one. Thatcher no, the no. Milk Snatcher. I mean, that, that's peak British humour right there. <laughs> yeah, it was all over the news at the time. Oh, yeah, I can imagine so. So the Conservative government at this point was struggling with the straight trade unions. And this is the issue. Um, the trade unions, it's like, who's in control of the country? The trade unions are holding the government to ransom. Well, you know, they probably ought to. Because they're, the, they're the power, they're happens, the people. But what happens when no one's getting their, um, no one's getting their, 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 their litter picked up, when the lighting starts going out, stuff like that? Well, yeah, but they ought to be paid, compensated well for their work. Okay. Is that what you think? <laughs> Sounds like I'm on a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> is, that, is that the right answer? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm going to go off a little, little side note. I'm going to go off my notes a little bit. but um, So, no, um, the, the, it's called the winter of discontent. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard it, yeah, but I, 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 I won't basically where the country became the country came to a standstill because the um, the trade unions basically were just stop striking so much because they wanted more and more and more. Is that the seventies? Are we talking about seventies now? Early seventies, yeah. I think. And um, yeah, and Margaret Thatcher always brought this point up as like, well, you vote for, you you vote for a government and you put them in power, but then the government can't do anything because the trade unions are like calling all shots and holding the government to ransom. So, you know, what what do you do? And that's why she went to war with them, I think. I I can get that because, yeah, people who are elected by... Who are trying to to run the country, but they can't run the country because the trade unions are bloody saying, no, 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 we're not doing anything. So, yeah, politicians that are elected by the whole of the country being held to ransom by trade unions a, a, a portion of the country and not elected but a portion of the country as well um, yeah, okay I get that gonna go on a little segue like um, in 1976 she made a speech where she went against the philosophies of the Soviet Union and a paper in a in, I think it was believed called the Red Star gave her the name the Iron Lady gave her the name gave her the name do you mean gave her the name gave Gave her the name. <laughs> That's what I meant. Sorry, sorry to be Gifted that guy. Gave her the name. No, absolutely. Gave her the name, the Iron Lady. I'm on three beers, guys. <laughs> three pints. Give, gave, I don't know. But they gave her the name, the Iron Lady, and so she loved it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. She loved it. I bet. Well, no publicity is bad publicity, is it? But I love that. The fact that, you know, this, this, this phrase, the Iron Lady, it was the Soviet Union who gave it to her. I mean, it's... it's quite fitting from what we know now of her obviously i've only got base knowledge but she seems to be quite a a robust figure and what you've already said about her basically saying exactly what she thought and doing and acting upon that and the lady's not for turning and all that yeah the iron lady is quite a quite an apt sort of uh moniker really isn't it absolutely um yeah she's (laughs) Okay, I'll go back to it again. I know I've, I've already said this. This is why I kind of, um, at one point in my life, I was very much in admiration of Margaret Thatcher because I don't think there's enough characters like her in the world. People who actually 
I mean, a lot of people would would, uh, would be pleased about that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But the thing is, these people that disagree with what we need more in this world are people with convictions and actually say what they think. Not not people that not people that say what they think they should say. Yeah. And that is ninety percent of the discourse of our society is people go out every single day to their jobs and go to work and go into politics or whatever and they say what they think they should say. Yeah, it's yeah. very rare that you meet someone that goes actually from the bottom of the heart and speaks what they think they should speak. It doesn't happen. And guess what happens when you do do that? You make enemies, but you also make things happen. Yeah, you do. And I, I think certain people are so strong... They will take it and they'll be like, I don't give a shit if I'm going to make some enemies because I'm going to do something. I'm not going to be one of these people in the middle ground that does nothing. Well, I think a lot of people should be more accepting of other people and their opinions. I'm kind of one is, is I could still like someone and quite strongly disagree with their views or, or how they feel about a certain situation mm-hmm. and be like, you're quite a nice person. I quite like you, but I don't agree that you, how you feel about whatever the subject matter may be. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much because that's quite divisive as well. No, no, I think I think we're getting to a very good point here. Is that um, we all remember we're human beings at the end of the day. We are, yeah, and we're all good, generally good people. But when we start talking about these ideological debates, is when arguments happen yeah but the thing is as soon as you start getting angry you've lost yeah you should be able to have a grown-up conversation and you should be able to do as soon as you start feeling yourself losing your composure composure then you need to step back and you've done something wrong so this is why excuse me this is what I don't like is when people have to feel as though to get their point across they have to shout and rope and do whatever else. So, mm-hmm. No, we can have a we can have an adult conversation. I can tell you why I think I'm right. Absolutely. And you can tell me why you disagree or vice versa. And conversations on politics often get people get angry straight yeah. away very quickly. Yeah. Can we not like this is this is the part of the problem where how many people do you think in this world are friends, good friends, who one is politically on the left and one's politically on the right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to guess. I don't I, think many. Many. If anyone, anyone who's got an interest in politics, and that's yeah. kind of it's kind of a sad thing. Like, surely you should be able to be a friend with a human being. Yeah. And have politically opposing ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We should be able to play games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Chat about stuff. I mean, there probably is because. There'll be a lot of it's people. Very rare. I don't think I've ever met it. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, there'll be a lot of people who are a closet right or closet left mm. who probably don't have no realised that their best mate is completely opposing views because they don't really want to get involved in it. Yeah, there's a lot of sub, uh, submissive people out there, isn't there? Yeah. So tell me more about Maggie because we're getting uh, on the stream again. We're getting yeah, sidetracked we have, once we again. We always do. And I've found out, I've, I've, I've looked at it now. It's nobody five five zero on YouTube who says he loves the streams. Hopefully, he loves our political streams this, this episode. I feel like will he be giving this one a miss? Well, we'll find out. If you're listening again, nobody five five zero, which sounds like a made up name. Well, all names are made up. <laughs> um, just comment again because it's uh, 
It really cheered us up when we read it. Really that, did. It yeah, really did. We it loved it. I was like, really I, I took a screenshot and I was like, <laughs> I was like look at that, my God, someone's listening. Um, right, the Falklands War happened. Ah, okay. So, what I'm sorry, what I'm finding really interesting about doing this is there's a lot of bits of history that I've heard that I, I kind of know about. I mean, we were alive for the Falklands War, I think, weren't we? Um, was it was it nineties? No, I don't think it was. Okay, was it maybe eighty six then? Check out. I think it was just. I think it was before we was born. Falklands. I should know that. Falklands. Top of my head, I don't. I'm, I'm blaming well, it on the three beers. Nineteen eighty two. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah a few years before we were born. Good few years. But there's a lot of bits of history where you kind of don't key them together. There's been when really, we yeah, yeah. Thatch- Maggie and uh, yeah, Thatcher and the Falklands. Well, is something I've not ever put together. So. Again, this is coming back to my admiration for her. She seemed to me to pass most tests. Like, I think at this point in history, when the Argentine government decided to attack the Falklands, honestly, I do believe that nearly any potential other prime minister would have bailed at this point. It would have been surrendered the Falklands. Yeah. Not Maggie Thatcher. She went, no, no, no. And launched an attack. Well, not so launch a defence, should defense, I say? Yeah, yeah. And um, we're not going to go into this in, on the on the, on the comparison podcast. You can watch many good documentaries about the Falklands War. The Falklands, but yeah. Margaret Thatcher was resolute in the fact that there was an aggressor on British territory, and that that Britain at that point in time should defend that territory, and that the Falkland Islanders wanted to remain British. And yeah. she came to their defence. We won the war. And guess what happened? Margaret Thatcher's approval ratings went through the roof. Oh, okay. So everyone's on board with that. They all want Absolutely. to... Absolutely. Yeah. Britain won a war. And I tell you what, the Labour government, um, they were calling a warmongerer. They were calling... I mean, and I, 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 honestly, I honestly do believe, if it wasn't for Margaret Thatcher, that I don't know what the, how the butterfly effect would work and who might have yeah. been in, in Parliament at that time as Prime Minister, but I do believe that she was one of the few people that stood up... Um, Again, I think Margaret, one of Margaret Thatcher's heroes was Winston Churchill, and I guess she took a lot of inspiration from Winston Churchill at this point. And I think she just did the right thing. She was the right person at the right time to say, no, 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 we defend these islands. And it paid off. Well, we would do for approval ratings. Ratings went through Yeah, the but roof. I don't think it was about that. I don't think she was doing it for political fucking reasons. I think... I think she um, she was doing it because she genuinely, genuinely believed from the bottom of her heart that that's where she was going with it. This is the British territory and this should be defended. That's fair enough. Right. Mrs. Of Ark. I don't think that's her surname. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Of Ark. Mrs. Of Ark. So I, where I left her, she's been captured and she's going on trial for blasphemy. For dressing as a man, which apparently is blasphemous, uh, heresy as well. Heresy. The what is heresy? Heresy is the denial or doubt of core doctrine of the Christian faith. God, that's vague, isn't it? Well, like yeah. a trumped-up charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could, <laughs> uh, what can we stick with? Heresy. heresy. So she's gone on, so heresy, blasphemy, which is quite funny because she actually was so devoted to the, the church, it was, it was yeah. unreal. Uh, 
acting upon the visions that were demonic, which again, <laughs> apparently they were coming from God, <laughs> um, and refusing to submit her words and deeds to the church. She claims she'd be judged by God alone. So she's gone on trial, and it was a SHIT show from the start. All this sort of mad stuff went on. They were basically trying to pin anything on her. And this was, if you remember, it was the uh, Burgundians who were French allies. Yes, them guys. So them cool guys. They wanted Joan out of the way. They, you know, she's... These oh, guys sound all right, I think. What, because they wanted Joan out of the way? Pro-British. <laughs> 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 they they gave her a trial. They didn't kill her. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. I think mean, these guys are pretty cool. So they wanted her out of the, even though she was starting to lose favour and everyone was losing faith, they wanted her out of the way. They did a lot of weird stuff as well. So she was made to wear women's clothes. And she's supposed... I mean, the justice system sounded quite good in the 15th century. No, it does, doesn't it? Compared to what you thought, she was supposed to be guard, guarded by female guards because she was a female. That didn't happen. And they actually chucked male clothes back in the cell so she dressed as a man again. <laughs> oh, ma, come on, Joan. Yeah. Joan, come on. You've, you, you've literally been tried for this thing. And <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it again. Yeah. So they've, ch- they've chucked male clothes in. And then when questioned about it, she said, well, I'm being you know, guarded by men. I feel like I should be dressed as a man. So, yeah, she didn't help herself. No. Ultimately, she got found guilty of these crimes. She got burned at the stake. Whoa. Which is, spoiler alert, Didn't build out very much of, did he, guys? I can't <laughs> just, just said it so casually. Doing this podcast no, on she, she got, she burned at the stake now? She burned at the stake, yeah. And and she took her faith to the end. She she wanted a, a cross to hold while she was being burned at the stake. And someone brought her a couple of sticks together, which was, to me, it was a bit sad. Like, this person's trying to uh, free France and someone just brings a couple of sticks tied together. So but she's had that. So she's been executed long ago. It's had life, isn't it? It is at 19 years old. So she after did quite well. And then, like, you're nine, like, so yeah. you've done really well, Joan, but because you're, you're, you're not keep doing well, we're going to kill you now. Well, no, she got, she obviously got, she went out of favour at the court, but then she got captured. So she got captured by the English, essentially, and they wanted her out of the way. Right. So at 19 years old... By the guys that I like. Yeah, exactly right. The French... They've tried it the first time, and they were like, (laughs) right. They've they've took her and they've said, we're getting her out of the way. So she's gone, burnt to death at the stake, because that's the only way to do it. My my toxic mind here thinks back to this sort of thing. And actually, it's probably the first time I thought it. Can you imagine me stood there? He was obviously in a public execution. Mm. Being stood there watching a body burning. Yeah. That would absolutely stink. It would stink. <laughs> I've just had a memory of um, when I was around my auntie's house when I was about maybe 12, 13 years old, and the cat's tail right. touched a candle. It fucking reeked. <laughs> yes, it would. It, like, it, oh, it, it, so it, it made an awful smell. A cat's tail... On a candlelight, oh, it stunk. So never mind a human yeah. body. It would really stink. Just a uh, little bit of thought there was, um, I think in this 21st century is like, we get to see 
awful things. Do you know what I mean? On our, on our camera phones, yeah, just yeah. through Twitter, and then things being yeah. shared. You know, most gruesome things. And I, and I thought, and in my head, I think we live in an awful time where we can see these things. But actually, back through human history, it was more common to see, you'd go to your local square and you'd see beheadings, you'd see hangings, you would see people getting burnt at the stake. Yeah, yeah. We, I've never literally seen anything like that. So, so, so it's crazy that actually on so many parameters that we're actually living in a much softer time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But in yeah, our heads, yeah. sometimes we can get guilty of thinking that we're living in a harsher time, but we're not. We're really not. No, no, not no. compared to stuff like that. I mean... Yeah. Back in them days, you'd see, it'd be common to see someone get, you know... Yeah. Oh, come on, Jamie, it's Saturday. We're getting some beers and going to watch these down, fuckers yeah. get hanged. Yeah, that's just the way it is. That's, that's how it would be, it? was. That is just the way it was. So she's been burnt. She's been executed at the stake. She's, she's taken her faith to the grave of her. Fair play. Her remains were thrown in the Seine River. Was it the Seine River? Seine, 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 Seine. S-E-I-N-E. It's not the Thames, is it? So you think that's pretty much the end of the story? Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned for next time. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not the end of her story. I've still got some more to say. But let's head back to Maggie. Once again, let, we're flip-flopping all over the place. Good. Let's go. You tell me about Maggie. So... Maggie begins her big privatization. Starts selling off these companies that the country's owned on a state value for a long time. And yeah, she believes in this this idea of privatization, which I get. It's like, take it off the government's hands. Make it profitable. Take it off the taxpayer's um, burden. Um, yeah. And she sells. She sells off the uh, British Telecom. She sells off oil. She sells off coal. And coal's the big one. I think it's like it's 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 the one that's in the biggest deficit with the government. The government's not making any money on it. Um, and she has this big big strikes. The that the police go hard on. It makes huge media coverage. And um, this is, I think, this is a part of. And she holds, she holds out. She just holds out. She's like, look, this is not making any money for the country. Um, let's privatize it. Um, our 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 country economically is in a deficit, giving that, you jobs. That was the big one. That's what I. That's what everyone remember. knows for her. Yeah. I, I say remember. I wasn't alive, but that's what I this is know why, the most. Why she's hated, I think. Yeah. Because she, 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 oh, there's livelihoods there, and you can you yeah. you can understand it. There's livelihoods there that have gone away. Right. They're doing some. The yeah. Let me ask you a question, right? Go on. If it cost you two thousand pound a month to go to work to earn one thousand two hundred pounds, would you go? If it cost me two grand to go to work, <laughs> so yeah. it puts me in an eight hundred pound deficit. Yeah. Would you go to work? No. So then, why, why, why should? The minds be open. Yeah, and this I, is my and, and that, that's, that's absolutely brutal to say because there is livelihoods on the line. I'm well aware of that. I think I, I can't remember the actual figure. I do have it somewhere, and I can't remember it. But it's it, it's something crazy, like um, like the, the government was subsidising these these coal mines by like a, like a, I think it was almost like a bill. Yeah, where we are, um, coal industry, the, the nationalised coal industry was the the highest subsidy from the government, and it was not profitable. And it was costing the taxpayers a one billion pounds 
I guess that was per per year. And that was in the eighties. And it was in the eighties. So, like so these government, the uh, and and it's in a very interesting time in the eighties where, and I think this is why Margaret Thatcher was essential. Is like we needed to wake up and go. Look, this is not how the world is working. Yeah. Like we we this nationalised, but we don't. Yeah, we need coal and stuff like that. But like, there's a better way to do it. Privatise it. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be bloodthirsty. It's yeah. gonna. It's gonna. It's not. It's gonna. It's gonna destroy time age traditions of people that have worked in this industry for years. Yeah, but everything has to come to an end at some. But it point. has to come to an end, yeah. and that's what she did, and she had the balls to do it. She had the balls to say she it in front of y'all. She had the balls to do it, and she <laughs> and she took on. She became a hate figure because yeah. she had the balls. She had the she had, she, she had the balls to do what needs to be done. But if it. Do you think if it wasn't her, it was going to be somebody else anyway? Well, it would have happened in a different way. And I tell you what, if it, happened, if it was if it was around these days, it would just be a fucking longer process because no one had the balls to do it. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher was like, fuck, no, it needs to be done. Decisive. Decisive. Then she had to deal with the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she had a lot, to be she, fair, like, she had a lot going on. She had a lot going her, on. She's done a war. Yeah. Right, she's a woman. Yeah. Who's become the first... W- First female in a Western democracy to lead a country. Yeah. She's had a war to contend with. She's had to economically alter a country. And now she's got militants in her own country that she's having to deal with with an assassination attempt. Um, oh, they tried to have Ross. It was, it, was, yeah, it was during a conservative convention. She was in a hotel and the IRA set up a bomb and they tried to kill her and they just missed her. They did kill somebody or maybe two or three people. I'm not quite sure. Um, she was just in the wrong, she was just in the right place at the right time and she avoided death. And when she was coming out the hotel, she gave a little speech and she demanded that the convention will go on the next day. She was like, you know, literally people had died. Her friends had died. Um, yeah. She was and 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 obviously all the media jumped to the hotel and there was other and she was coming out and she 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 I've, I watched it on on YouTube and she was like the convention will go on tomorrow like she's literally and she got taken to the police station of the of the of the city of Shim. was it Brighton I think it might have been Brighton and again this is my admiration for the lady like she was she's literally like I'm I've been stressed out recently about certain factors in my life but like. She's literally had the IRA tried to kill her, literally within the hour. She walks out the hotel and she looks at the media, the, the national media in the, in, in the ho- it will go on tomorrow. Like, like <laughs> she's the Iron Lady. She's and, the Iron Lady. And she goes out and makes the speech the next day. And um, yeah, I don't know. I understand people like we come from political differences. And so stuff it like is that. another comparison. People did kill Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. And they tried to kill Thatcher. Mm-hmm. They didn't succeed, so Thatcher's winning. <laughs> what we on like? But the, we, we say we're on one all right now. Because uh, yeah, I think we're on. We said one Joan all. did a lot more. A lot more in a shorter amount of time. That was what we said. I'm just going to sum up Margaret Thatcher's end of her career very quickly. Um, just that ideologically, she was on the exact same page as Ronald Reagan. 
Um, if you know anything about Ronald Reagan, it's all the same. It's free markets, little little government intervention, low taxes, strong and, and both strong agendas, and they became very connected. And it's almost, I think, where that solidified the idea of the special relationship between Britain and America. Which oh, it was, it was her and Reagan. Oh, that it was a. Lo- it was. It was. Oh, okay. It, they were phil- philosophical love. Love hearts. I don't know. See, I'd, I'd, I'd already love birds. I'd already assumed it was because of uh, World War Two, and how how America came in to sort of basically help out. No, not really. I don't think but it's, it's because okay, it's because of them. T- I mean, it's yeah. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Special relationship. Well, no, I think no. I, in fact, what you're saying is probably very true. Actually, um, we do have a very special relationship with the United States. We used to own them, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We've always got that one up on them, aren't we? Maybe. What's it called? It's called the... Oh, what's it called? Oh, I don't know. What's it called? I don't know. Where you like fall in love with your captor. Oh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. So do you think the Americans, <laughs> a very powerful nation, the only superpower in the world, where they have a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome with us, and then also that we know they're the most powerful, it's this kind of weird relationship we have. It's like it kind of benefits both. Yeah, probably, probably um, so. Um, they, they've gone on to do much better things than their captors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tell you what, but we was the we was the superpower, and then they've been the superpower. But I think they're coming to the decline right now. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm, this is a whole of a stream. This a is a of whole of a episode. But there's the new one. But what we, we I think we've had the I think probably from ni- I think almost a, a century. It's almost perfect. Is like from. World War One to the end of World War One is where we realised the United States' great power to to now, and it's almost getting debatable. Is like, are they the superpower they were they once was? Can can they have the conjecture of the world that they did? I don't think so anymore. Well, there's the the new um, there's a new group which is oh, what is it called? Is it the art? Bricks? You had Bricks. What's that? Brazil, Russia. Yep. India, China, and South Africa. Mm. So instead of the EU, yep. these guys are called the BRICS. Yeah. And this is the new well, it's, it's, it's another powerful now. entity. Yeah, yeah. So instead of like the EU or... Amer- I mean, America is obviously probably as big as the EU, isn't it? But it's called BRICS. And um, well, I think, that's I think I, now. that could potentially challenge this Anglo-American... Um, outlook of the global hege- hegemony. I think oh, this, the, this the, breaks could like this there's no could potential about it. It's a hundred percent going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. You've got Brazil, which is a mammoth country. Yeah. Russia, obviously, now powerful they are. India, again, a lot of people, pretty powerful. China is arguably probably the most powerful country in the world right now. And South Africa, they're just tagging on for shits and gigs to make the anagram work. <laughs> 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 We could yeah. call it brick. It'd be better with an S. Yeah. Who should we bring? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, no, it was good. That was great, great. I, I, have, I have read about them, yeah. yeah. So, you, sorry, I went down the stream. You were summarising uh, Thatcher. Yeah, and um, Thatcher fell out of power because, um, let me just end it with, um, basically, Thatcher was a very Eurosceptic, I believe, and at the point in the early 1990s, most of the Conservative Party was feeling that we should start sort of 
leaning towards more Europe because the European Union was becoming more solidified, the euro was becoming a concept, and it was the idea that Britain should probably lean more towards them. Yeah. Well, Margaret Thatcher, as I've just described, she was very American-leaning. She had this relationship with uh, Reagan. And basically the party fell out of love with her because they probably decided that she probably couldn't win a, I think it was a fourth term. Yeah, a fourth term. And um, uh, uh, so a party went against her. They decided that she couldn't win a fourth term and they decided that um, she was such a Eurosceptic that probably wasn't the right way to be in the early 90s. And um, can, can basically you go, the Can you go on forever being a Prime Minister in the UK? It sounds so like Olivia. Yes. Okay. So I, I think I in America, in America there's, there's a two-term... Two yeah. Two, two term. yeah, in Britain, yeah. I believe you can. There's no... There's no, um, there's no maximum term. Okay. I think we live... I think... Kind of, kind of worms my opener. We live in one of the greatest democracies on planet Earth. Yeah, I mean, it, pretty bloody fair. It is really, you know, the the opposition always I think has the it. whole way it's set up is like how how brutal our media is against our politicians. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love it. Like, that's how it should be. That is a healthy democracy. When it, when when you when your media is absolutely vicious against your prime ministers and stuff like that. It, that is, I think that is yeah. the probably the most fundamental sign that you live in a healthy democracy. The opposition always has a fair shout as well. They always yeah. they always get a fair representation. Well, it's probably the BBC. It's down to that. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty good. Right, the big reveal for Joan of Arc. I I want this to be a live reaction. Waiting for me. Are you? So she's had a trial. She's put to death. She had her ashes scattered. She's had another trial. What? She had another trial. Pardon? She's dead. So she's dead. She died in 1431. In 1456, she had an appeal trial. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years later? <laughs> yeah. So she's had, she's had an appeal trial. She got reinvestigated because of all the... The misdeeds in her original trial. Do you know what I find funny is that we always think in the 21st century, like we're so like we're so technical and brilliant, but even back then, 600 yeah. years ago, they were still like, right, no, we need to do it again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, because of all the the stuff that I talked about with um, being past men's clothes and being guarded by men, they basically said, oh, this is a mistrial as such. She shouldn't have been sentenced to. There's all this other thing that she shouldn't actually. She should have been handed to the church rather than put straight to death and all this kind of thing. Okay. A lot of procedural errors. This is why there's wow, so much... Oh, that retrial, like, oh, no, this is not... Good. No, retrial. This is why there's so much known about her because there was two trials on this woman. There was two court trials for this woman. So there's so much documentation and stuff known about her. So because a lot of the deceit, the procedural errors, her... Conviction was overturned. She was found not guilty. <laughs> what original conviction? Yeah. Oh. So what would that be? Fourteen thirty-one, nineteen fifty-six. Let me quickly work that out. How 19, many years? You said nineteen many years again. Like so you said nineteen again. Oh, in fourteen. Fourteen thirty-one. What's that? Fourteen fifty-six minus fourteen thirty-one is twenty-five years later, isn't it? Not even thinking at this point, mate. No, I'm not even thinking. Hold on, let me just get my couch. Just enjoying the beer. <laughs> Hold on, 46 minus 14. Yeah, 25 years later. 
So 25 years later, she's found not guilty. Which... What I find interesting about that is that the judicial system in the 1400s was worthy of reinvestigating old matters. But I mean, 25 years later, after someone's died... Or been, yeah, been executed. They've, they've, they've had the effort. Because <laughs> you always think, I don't know, let's go back 600 years, they're just bloody carnivores and just fucking barbarians. Yeah. No, they're not. No, no they're, they're really not. not. They're literally, right, let's reinvestigate this matter. Did she deserve that? Oh, let's have a retrial. She's not even alive. But, you know, let's go for it. What anyway, a yeah. beautiful judicial system they had in, is it northern France at the time? Yeah. So she's far not guilty, which is kind of where her legacy really begins. Because then it's, hold on, this person, shoot. Ah, this reignites the idea of Joan of Arc. Yeah, this reignites the whole uh, martyr yes. um, narrative. We sent someone to pre- we sent someone to death. That should not be sent to death. Yeah. So, God, so how, how, this, how bad are we as a society? So this person has come along. She's saved France. She's died for the cause at 19 years old. Right. I get it now. And then, oh, my God. Can you imagine that 25-year period? It would have been a massive cloud of, oh, Joan was this, Joan was that. Then she's been acquitted of it all. And actually, she was put to death because of political reasons. There must have been some real fucking soul-searching, self-reflection in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the idea of France and just like, oh, my God, what have we done? Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been done, yeah. What have we done? So in the 1800s, she got, to be a saint of the Roman Catholic Church. That's so called pure. That's pure guilt, <laughs> isn't it, Josh? That's pure guilt. We murdered this. We murdered this woman. Guilt. We murdered this woman four hundred years ago. Let's uh, let's make her a saint. Absolutely. But this, this is one of the reasons why quite a lot is known about her. And there's, we've barely scratched the surface today, guys. Mm-hmm. There's loads more to know. Go and read up about it. It's pretty interesting stuff, actually. And it's it's not someone that I've actually known about all too much. But she's got a legacy that lives on. She's a saint. But she's, she was a real person. She's done a lot for her country. And all being in a male-dominated environment. And this is where Thatcher is quite a nice comparison. Because, okay, Joan of Arc was five, six hundred years ago. In a very male-dominated environment, when Thatcher came to power, Thatcher was doing a thing. It was also extremely male-dominated. I mean, realistically, if we talk about it, it's still male-dominated in 2023. Hmm. Like you get quite a few female MPs and stuff, but it's you would say it's predominantly. I mean, in the last probably what five years, it's been more female than than ever. But it's well, still I think quite over the last male-dominated. I think over the last. 10 years it's been like i someone's heard someone once say that like, we had a we had a we had a female monarch for for, for decades yeah yeah theresa may you had what's her name the one that was for 40 days liz truss your favorite liz truss <laughs> do you know what i mean for the record you're honest well, she's I, not my favorite i do i do think that, I, I do think we live in a very great democracy in britain like i said like i think it's very diverse do you know what i mean yeah, many, many of the front benches are from Asian descent. Like, you look Rishi, we have a prime minister called Rishi Sunak yeah, in Britain. Yeah, I, I think race and sex is two different things completely. It is two different very so things. You look no, at, you look very at, two different things. But what I'm saying is that look at Margaret we Thatcher. can celebrate the diversity that will, in, in Britain, yeah. I don't think we hold too many um, 
no, no, people no. are prejudiced, but I think our democracy wins through where we hold, we put the right person for the job, and we we can oversee, we can we can oversee any prejudice. I think it's still quite male dominated. Yeah, because you look, Liz Truss was the second female prime minister. And so what we're doing better than the United States though. And the first one was in the, the when when, she, when did Thatcher end? The nineteen nineties. Early 90s. Early 90s. She basically did the whole... She basically did the whole 80s. So, 30 years ago, was the only other female MP. I tell you what, though. You tell me what. France, United States. I mean, over democracies. I mean, there's a fair few. There's the New Zealand one, isn't there? What's the name? Arden. Uh, Is it Arden? Just... Just... Arden? Something like that, yeah. There's a few leaders out there that have... uh, is it is the Canadian? No, no, the Canadian one's Justin yeah. Churro, and he's a very attractive guy. Justin. Justin Trudeau, no, something. No, no. Who's that? Is he is he French? Justin, no, he's Justin. Canadian Prime Minister. Juro, G- 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 oh, I don't know what his name. Prime Minister. Justin. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. That's what I said. That's what I said. Trudeau, Trudeau. I think it's Trudeau. Very attractive guy. Yeah, he's a handsome man. He is. So. Yeah, but I was talking. Is that what, is that how he's won democracy? <laughs> has he just has? Is this is the this is the the fault of democracy, isn't it? Well, because he's attractive. He's just a handsome man. <laughs> I tell you what, he is. Actually, I don't. I do not actually, like this guy. I do not like this guy. Right? Because who, me? He, no, I do not like this guy <laughs> sat in front of me right now. No, this Trudeau guy. He's like, oh, he's so terribly fucking left wing, and he's like, like the thing is, it's all about. Do you know what I was talking about earlier about like? Yeah. It's no, there's no, no realness to what you're saying. It's just you're saying what you think you should say. Yeah. And then he got caught like doing blackface and stuff like that. Oh, did he? Oh. Google it. Didn't know that. Didn't yeah, know that. Right. In the 90s and stuff like this that. Is, this is going to be for after hours. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting close to the end of this episode, but. If you want this juicy stuff, you come to the after hours. <laughs> we, are starting, we are starting to do after hours because it's coming that's, up, just, that's just more it. for us. Yeah. <laughs> We can feel it. We've had this hard, long episode. I'll tell you what, guys. If you stuck around for this long, well done. <laughs> so Get in, to the after hours. So in terms of comparison, Joan of Arc was badass because she achieved... She got a king crowned by the time she was 19. Thatcher she, was badass because she had bollocks and she actually said things and she did things. Well, you know what? They both won wars. And they both won a war. I've just realised... So this isn't the this isn't the who's the better podcast, is it? It's the comparison podcast. Yeah. And I think we can both as- assume, assess, evaluate that these two were badass women. I wouldn't say bitches there, and I shouldn't say bitches. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a derogatory term, does it? No, no, just, it these were, no. Okay, I'm going to say it, actually badass. These were badass bitches. They were both pretty significant in their time. And the question I always ask you. So Joan of Arc was 592 years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you think Margaret Thatcher will be remembered in 592 years, Kieran? That is a great question. And I do not think she'll be remembered because I think the human IQ and interest in actual general things will deteriorate and we'll be living in a mush society of information. So that's for that reason, I don't think Margaret Thatcher will be remembered, but she should be remembered. <laughs> there we go. Have you got anything else? All I've got to say is, um, 
Big up Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Very Big controversial up. statement. Big up. We've probably lost half our fucking viewer bases on this <laughs> on that statement. I mean, going from one to uh, half of one is. <laughs> <laughs> What's our guy? Nobody five five zero on YouTube. God, I hope he loves that show. And he's, he's he's got the uh, the O as a zero as well, just to, just to make it clear. We'll look right. for your comment next week, mate. Well, if you've uh, listened this far, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. And we're going to be back. We haven't decided on what episode five. We is haven't even be. discussed the people. We haven't discussed it. We thought we were going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to discuss it in the after hours, where it's it's, it's a much more relaxed thing where me and Kieran are just talking and basically we love the sound of our own voices <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk and we'll, we're, I think we're going to put out some options we might talk um, about the week yeah I'm actually going to bring some up to you in the after hours oh, so yeah I've been thinking about these kind of things as well. uh, okay okay we're going to bring some up I'm going to say something so random <laughs> right anyway this has been episode four it is Margaret Thatcher versus Joan of Arc both two stellar women from history and I, I think we're, we're on a draw again. I think they're both fantastic women. Absolutely, I agree. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.